Hello, and welcome again to Landy's Taiwan Diaries. My name is Celia Landman, but most people just call me Landy. A few things we want to share with you today. The first one is a, of a, a sad nature. As I'm pretty sure most of our listeners know, that Shinzo Abe, the former Prime Minister of Japan, a very long-serving Prime Minister, he was assassinated on uh, July 8th, earlier in July. And uh, in Taiwan, most people were very upset and saddened by this because he was actually a good friend of Taiwan. During the time when he was Prime Minister in Japan, Taiwan and Japan became much closer. So people were really sad and upset when that happened. Then when it was his funeral, the vice president of Taiwan, William Lai, actually went across to Japan and he attended this funeral. Now, as you imagine, China was not too happy about that. Although he didn't go as the vice president of Taiwan, he went kind of, he had to go like in a private capacity, right? Because people in the world are not stupid. They know the situation, the political situation where uh, Taiwan can't send uh, official representation to state functions and so on, you know, like uh, when Taiwan uh, attends some of the heads of state of uh, treaties, uh, economic treaties, the president can't go. It's always a, it's always a big debate here. Who is the president going to send to these, like the Asia Pacific Forum or something like that? And then they see, or he usually sends then uh, a very high profile businessman or something like that. Anyway, so there's no chance that William Lai could have gone over there as representing Taiwan at the funeral. But he was there. Japan was happy he was there. China was not happy. Then, just recently, a day or so ago, it was announced that uh, Shinzo Abe's state funeral will be on September the 27th. And Japan has invited Taiwan to attend. Now, again, obviously, the president most likely will not go, but some representatives will go and uh, kind of represent Taiwan there, you know, paying respects to a, a very close friend. And, f and they are grateful for all he did in, uh, in Asia for Taiwan and how he, he kind of uh, wanted to make sure that Taiwan was safe. I think he also mentioned at some stage that Japan might come to help Taiwan in the event of aggression from China. So it hasn't been announced who will go yet. But somebody will go, some people or some person will go, and they will be Taiwan's representatives there, and China will be unhappy again. <laughs> Let them be unhappy, I say. Yeah, like a child, right, who cannot get the toys he wants. Or another child gets something, then this child is angry. China reminds me of that. If they can't have everything, they also throw the other toys out of the cot. Anyway, so that's the, 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 the sad news with a little bit of a silver lining for Taiwan and international relations. There have been a few other things. There's been a lot of um, visits to Taiwan from the European Union and from this group and from that group. And Taiwan has sent people uh, abroad. I believe the Speaker of the Taiwan Parliament went to the Czech Republic. He spoke to the uh, their uh, government there. There's been some international exposure for Taiwan over the last few weeks, which is always good because as, as we know, Taiwan is slightly isolated diplomatically right even though not economically we do business with the whole world but but um, politically and diplomatically Taiwan is a little bit isolated all right now let's move on I've just talked a little bit about all these visits and things that have been going on so 
The big news of a month or so ago is that the Speaker of the House of Representatives in America, Nancy Pelosi, was going to visit Taiwan. Now, the Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, is some consider this position as the second most powerful position in American politics, just after the President. Because, you know, the Vice President doesn't really have much power, right? Except if the President dies, then he gets power. But many consider the Speaker of the House of Representatives the second most powerful person politically in America. And she was going to visit Taiwan. And Taiwan was very excited. And then just before she came, she got COVID. And they had to cancel the visit. But now the rumors are up and running again that she's coming next month. Of course, you can just imagine how China feels about that. huh? So China said there will be forceful reactions. Now, we don't know what is forceful. Some people kind of guess that they might declare the skies above Taiwan as a no-fly zone, so Nancy Pelosi's plane cannot land. Some even said they might shoot down the plane, which I don't think they are that stupid, that they will shoot down a plane. But at the moment, she's still coming, even though President Biden, now you cannot always believe what he says, because he forgets stuff sometimes, right? And he mentions stuff that doesn't exist. But he's, he said at one speech, the American military is against the visit. They, they are a little bit nervous about what will happen if she comes. So this even way up there, it's a, it's a very high profile visit. But at the moment, she's still coming. And then uh, Mike Pompey, who was the head of the CIA when uh, Donald Trump was president, he actually sent a tweet. And I'll read it for you. It's a tweet for Nancy Pelosi. He says, Nancy, I'll go with you. I'm banned in China, but not freedom-loving Taiwan. See you there. <laughs> so he's, a, he's deliberately kind of uh, making trouble, right, in the international scene. So we'll see. We, at the moment, we don't know if she's coming or not, but I believe within the next week or so, the picture will become clearer. All right. Now, another piece of good news is that the Lifestyle magazine... Monocle is a British lifestyle magazine. They have listed Taipei specifically, not Taiwan as a whole, but Taipei as the 10th most livable city in the world, which is, which is pretty good. And they, they say that um, the survey said that this is the, basically the quality of life in Taipei that is so good, while the costs are relatively affordable. The low crime rate, the world-class public uh, health system, and they say that the rent is affordable. Now, we who live here, we don't think so necessarily. We think the rent is pretty high. But they mentioned other things like public transport and urban planning and so on. Now, in some of our previous episodes, we have spoken about this. If you are interested, you can maybe listen to episode 7 or episode 12 or any episode where we interviewed a foreigner living in Taiwan. We these foreigners, me and the other foreigners, we always mention these kind of things, right? Now, luckily, it was um, recognized in an international magazine. So that's kind of cool, right? So I live in the 10th most livable city in the world. Not many people can say that. So and I'm quite happy here. So that's good, right? And now many people know this. Okay. Oh, I have two more stories for you. As you know, I cannot let a chance go by to tell you what is the latest COVID situation in Taiwan. The rest of the world, basically, they have moved on, right? Everything is kind of back to normal. In the European Union, people don't even wear masks on planes anymore. 
But here in Taiwan, we're a little bit behind because we were not exposed to the virus from the beginning, right? We were kind of isolated. And also because the people are so cautious that where, as in other countries, the infections hit a peak very quickly, a very steep peak, and then drops fast. In Taiwan, we didn't have that. We went up and then we stayed there. And we're coming down very, very, very slowly. We just dropped down. I think our peak was like just over 90,000 cases a day. And now we've been struggling for weeks and it's down now to around just under 20, sometimes a little over 20. So this is the situation. So the other day, you know, the, our CDC have a, a news conference every single day where they announce how many people have got infected officially, how many have died, how many cases have been caught at the border and so on and so forth. So then this, uh, let me just tell you this, I'm just going to go on a sidetrack for a moment. The previous head of the CDC, Dr. Chen, uh, many in his party, the ruling party, and also many citizens were so happy with the way he handled this whole COVID situation as a maybe as a little bit of a reward from the from his party, the Democratic Progressive Party. He has now been nominated as the their party's candidate for the the mayoral election in November. There's a, going to be election in all the big cities in Taiwan. And for the Taipei mayor, he's going to be the candidate. Remember, we told you a few weeks ago that the great grandson of Chiang Kai-shek is going to be the Kuomintang's candidate. So the big candidates are now set. So now we have a new head of the CDC. And he said at one briefing, he said, uh, oh, it's now so hot. Oh, let me tell you this. We've been in a heat wave. I mean, we have had temperatures of 36 plus every day. And then the cute little app that I have on my phone tells me it's 36, but it feels like 48. Okay, it's like that. It's, it's just hot. Anyway, to come back to the story. So he said, it's so hot now, the people who work like on construction sites or work outdoors, they can now take off their masks. Also, he says, people who ride their scooters or their little motorbikes through the city, they can take off their masks. As I've told you before, people in Taiwan, they don't mind wearing a mask. For them, it's just no problem. So if you look around now, I've looked around, no scooter driver takes off his mask. I think I've seen two out of thousands. Nobody riding a bicycle for fun is taking off. We, we have been allowed to exercise without masks. So serious bicycle riders, serious runners, they take off their mask. But when I go jogging, at least half the people still wear a mask. Okay, So, so the mask is, is just everywhere. And I'm going to get back to that in a little bit as I rant on. Okay, So he said, yeah, so these people can now take off their masks. So then the journalists, now the journalists at these daily briefings, the questions they ask are sometimes just nonsensical, you know. They just ask the, the questions that no matter what the person answers, it makes no difference to the world. And I'm not sure if they just ask these questions because they're not the most intelligent bunch in the world or if they really try to be funny. That I don't know. But then the one said to him, he said, um, what about if I go for a stroll? Can I take off my mask then? And then he goes, yeah, if you go for a stroll, strictly speaking, Walking is exercise. And if you exercise, you don't have to wear a mask. He goes, oh, oh, what about if I stroll inside? Does it? Does the strolling count for inside and outside? He goes, yeah, strolling inside and outside. He says, so, so I can stroll in the department store? He goes, well, it will be difficult for you to manage the distance, so distance to be safe. So maybe inside the department store is not such a great idea. Oh, says the journalist. So now, anyway, I now, if I take my mask off now outside, because if anybody asks me, I say, I'm strolling. The man says, I can stroll. I'm strolling. 
So anyway, then the journalist, I don't know if it's the same journalist or another journalist, he says, so people can take off their mask on the scooter? He goes, yeah, it's so hot now, you know, it's very uncomfortable. He says, what about a family member on the back? He goes, no, a family member on the back can also take off their mask. He goes, how about if that family member doesn't live with them? He lives in another house. Can he, <laughs> can he, can he take off the mask? He, does, he lives in another house, this guy. He goes, I, I, it says, I suppose it will be okay. The journalists go, I see. He goes, so basically it's, it's all about exercise, right? He goes, yeah. He says, now, oh, let me just tell you this. When we take the metro in Taipei, it's incredible how strict they are. I mean, I don't think there's a, a person in the world who doesn't know that you must wear your mask on the Taipei metro, okay? When I take the metro, I've told you this in the previous episode. When I take the metro to my work, it takes about 25 minutes. In that 25 minutes, I have to listen three times to an announcement that says you must wear a mask at all times. So you can't even get into the station if you don't have your mask. And so believe me, everybody in this world knows you must wear a mask. So when you talk about the MRT, there's not even a question, okay? So this guy goes, the journalist goes, oh, so it's about exercise. He goes, how about this? If I'm late for the MRT and I run to catch the MRT, is that exercise? Can I then take off my mask? <laughs> He goes, I'm exercising. I'm running to catch this MRT. Can I take off my mask? He goes, well, you know, the MRT has his rules and you're not really. <laughs> okay, so so now you can stroll without a mask, okay? Even though nobody does it, you can ride a bicycle. No, riding a bicycle, I'm talking about just people riding for fun, right? Not exercising. They can take it off. Nobody does. You can now stroll without a mask. Nobody does except me and so on. Now... I, I met a friend the other night in a pub. He's, a, he's got a PhD in mathematics and he's also very involved in statistics. He said something interesting to me. He said the way the virus infections are, is un unfolding in Taiwan, he would estimate now without doing the, you know, the formulas and stuff, he says he reckons that Taiwan has 23 million people. He reckons that about 18 million has had the virus already. Although Officially, we've got like four and a half million have been infected. But now you must remember, 99.5 plus percent has either no symptoms or very light symptoms. So you can just imagine there are millions of people who either don't know they had the virus or it was so light they think it was just a cold, right? They are not registered. So he says he thinks it's up to 17 million. I will not go that far. I would say, well, I can't, <laughs> I can't go against him. He's too smart for me. But let's say that, let's just say, Half the people in Taiwan, half the people have had the virus. There's now official and unofficial, right? And as I've just mentioned to you, people in Taiwan wear a mask everywhere, even if they don't have to. I bet you some of them sleep with it. I bet you some sit alone in the park and they wear it. They wear a mask because that's what the government told them to do. Because the government told them it will keep you safe. But it didn't. Half the population got the virus, and maybe more if we have to listen to my learned friend. More, but let's say half. So my question is, doesn't that prove that a mask is useless? If you wear it everywhere and 50% of the people get it anyway, that's a question for another day. Okay, finally, just to link, link another story to this before I say goodbye. A week or so ago, in the center of Taiwan, there was a lady on a scooter. Now in Taiwan, you are not allowed to ride a scooter, even a big motorbike, a 250cc or a 700cc, on the highway. It is just not allowed. On some expressways, the big bikes can go, but the little 100cc, 125cc is not allowed. This woman, I don't know how it happened, 
she got onto the highway. There she goes in a scooter. No helmet. She goes down the highway. And the police are, are chasing her. But they don't exactly know what to do because the highway is busy. They don't want to bump her, then she's going to die. They don't want to stop in front of her. She might ride into them. So they're just kind of circling her. She goes up and she comes back. She's going the wrong way on a highway. She's going the wrong way. The police form a human wall with, with signs that say, stop, stop. She bursts through them, right through them. She turns around. She, where she goes, I don't Nobody knows where she wanted to go. There she goes. It takes them about an hour. Finally, they arrest her when she turned off the highway. But the moral of the story, the idea why I'm telling you the story is this whole thing, riding on a scooter on a highway, fast, surrounded by policemen, super, super dangerous, right? No helmet, but she wore a mask the whole time. <laughs> she never took off her mask, man, because you must protect against that virus. That virus lives on the highway. Anyway, so that's, that's the perception you get, you know. Uh, that's not dangerous to speed down a highway without a helmet, but it is dangerous to take off your mask. A little bit, I would say, mm, an overreaction as far as the as far as the mask wearing is concerned. But don't worry. Anytime you want to take off your mask, come with me. We'll stroll. We stroll around. We can take it off. If anybody bothers us, we show them a transcript of the news conference. All right. That's enough for today. The end of this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And until we talk again, goodbye. <laughs>